2: Hello, this is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential.
1: Greg Airbar is with us for another look at recently released DVD and streaming titles that we think you will find of interest. Greg Airbar, two-time Grammy-nominated, multiple Addy Award-winning writer for television, animation, advertising, and publishing for Disney, Warner Brothers, and Universal. Greg Airbar also Co-author, along with Tim Hollis of Mousetracks, the story of Walt Disney Records. You can read his very popular animation spin column twice a month at CartoonResearch.com. What do you have for us this week? Have the courtship of Eddie's father in color. People... (laughs) (laughs) People, let me tell you about my best friend, theme song by Nielsen, Harry Nielsen. Yes, and what's cool about
0: it is, and I'd forgotten this uh, because I hadn't watched it in quite a while. He's all through the early episodes because he's like singing little little songs. Yeah,
1: he's like the Greek chorus. Yeah, it's in like the first, I forgot about if that. If you yet. go
0: in the room, there is going to be a couch, so sit down on the couch because there is a table on the <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean it's really it's, it's kind of neat. It's nice little translation stuff. Yeah, you know you don't see that in a lot of network shows. Yeah, you don't see that in a lot of TV shows. Period.
0: No, it was unique and clever and quite wonderful. Very innovative.
1: Now, speaking of innovative, the courtship of Eddie's father, strictly speaking, is it's an adaptation. Today, we would call it a reimagining of the popular theatrical motion picture starring Shirley Jones, Glenn Ford, and Andy Griffith era Ronnie Howard, that originally was released like sixty-two, sixty-three. So 6970, they decide to adapt The Courtship of Eddie's Father for a weekly television series. And I dare say, Greg, that to the extent people remember either one, people remember The Courtship of Eddie's Father television series more. I'll bet you. Because of the performance of Bill Bixby and the on-screen rapport he had with Brandon Cruz.
0: It does not fail to charm. There is something so touching and sweet and real about the beginning and end of those episodes, especially the really, the really good ones. I mean, there are some better than others. It reminds me of Peanuts in a way—the way the writers capture the childlike. In a way, yeah. He says yeah. When they really nail it, obviously. Uh, early on, just like with any series, early on they were really mining stuff that must have come from kids they knew or their own children because the things that Eddie says are very uh, kid logic. And the way he answers... Bill Bixby is so good in mm-hmm. the series. And this was probably his breakout
1: as the lead. In many respects, because no. prior to that, he was the second banana on My Favorite Martian. yeah. That was his introduction. To, uh, I believe he was born in San Francisco, did a lot of theater, did a lot of industrial movies uh, in the late 50s, early 1960s, did My Favorite Martian. He was the straight man to Ray Walston for three years, and then he.
0: You know what he did on uh, Andy Griffith? He did an episode very similar to the pilot, the backdoor pilot that Danny Thomas did. He was a cranky. Driver who got a
1: ticket. Yeah, and I I, early in his career, and I seem to think he was part of the Joey Bishop show at one point. I might be wrong if I'm wrong. He was everywhere on TV almost throughout his career, or behind the camera as a director. Yeah, so. not a total unknown to television by the time he did my favorite Martian, but basically my favorite Martian was Ray Ralston's show. Yes, you know, and he did a good job as the second banana, and they played off of each other very well. He went on to do a number of movies in the late '60s. He did a couple of Elvis movies, but never became a big movie star. And so he was when the courtship of Eddie's father came his way, he was open to doing television, and it really was a vehicle for him. It was, and you can
0: tell by the way his character is constructed by his position in the scripts and in the show that there is a conscious decision to position Bill Bixby in the role of leading man, in the role of romantic lead, that he's not the comedic uh, silly guy on My Favorite Martian anymore. He's a responsible adult. He's a man in charge.
1: And as I recall, this is kind of building on what you just said. Tim O'Hara, his character on My Favorite Martian, was very much a character for Bixby, the actor, because he was high-strung. Yeah, even his voice was different. Yeah, not that he was channeling Dick York, but there was a lot of Dick York Darren Stevens in his portrayal, whereas... I've had a chance to talk to a few directors who worked with Bixby, and the word I keep referring to is mannered. He was a very mannered, very deliberate, very focused actor, and someone who was very aware of all aspects of the production. And it's not surprising that around the time he did Eddie's Father, he also became a director. One of the few actors to have successful dual careers in front of and behind the camera. And you can see that in the Tom Corbett character. It's funny his name is
0: Tom Corbett because I think of Space Tom Ranger. Tom Corbett, Space Ranger, yes. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe that was a yeah. a joke or something. But that's exactly the way his character is. Very mannered, very in control. Sometimes maybe a little too in control, too mannered, um, very low-key there has a very low voice, very much a controlled person who doesn't usually blow his cool. The people around him might, but the essence of cool and maturity and a nice guy, maybe a slightly distant guy, but extremely devoted to his son and very firm when he wants to be in a boss. He's not just fatherly to Eddie. But he's fatherly to his staff. It's interesting that he played a reporter on My Favorite Martian. And here he's the editor at what they say is like a a Sunday supplement to a Los Angeles
1: newspaper. Like the equivalent of Parade Magazine.
0: Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing.
1: So he, he is
0: putting a stake in the ground of who Bill Bixby is to the public as well as who this character is. And it is the different Bill Bixby. And it worked. It also worked with Brandon Cruz because what an incredible, incredible young actor this boy and is. And I
1: understand a lot of what we saw on screen was not too far removed from the rapport he had with Bill off screen. And he was very, very close to Bill off screen up until the day Bixby died.
0: And apparently, Brandon Cruz had a, as many of these young children do in Chobis, has had a dysfunctional family life. And so he bonded very strongly with him. Yeah and so i think that their relationship on camera and this is one of the melancholy things about these kind of things is that when this happens to adults and children in a fictional tv or film is they're living on that set and that's the life they would rather have yeah and so that reality that we're all getting to see the reason it's so it's so vivid to us is because it's vivid to them
1: yeah and when you think about it this was a network show At the time when network seasons were 25, 26, 30 episodes. So you figure back then it took about five or six days to make one of these shows. They would have breakdowns and read arounds and then it would take like three or four days to shoot each 30 minute episode. So you're spending a lot of time with each other over the course of six, seven, eight months. And so... It really was, for Brandon Cruz, his second home, a home away from home, and Bill Bixby, in many respects, was a surrogate father figure for him.
0: You have to wonder how difficult it must have been when the show was canceled, when that stopped.
1: Because maybe he and Bill Bixby stayed close, but he couldn't go home with him. Right. My understanding is that they did stay close, as close as possible. But there was
0: no longer a set with a living room anymore. That is true. And Chet... And David the
1: Fish. And Mrs. Livingston. Yeah. And Mr. Reddy's father. Which brings <laughs> us to
0: the, the wonderful Miyoshiumeki. Yeah. Who was in Flower Drum Song mm-hmm. and She Sayonara won the Oscar, did she not? For Sayonara. Yeah. Yeah. And she was in both the Broadway and movie versions of Flower Drum Song. And she's a really good actress because she doesn't play Mrs. Livingston the same way she plays the character she plays of Flower Drum Song. Not, it's not exactly the same kind of role. And if you know the, the scores of them, I have the album of both the Broadway and the movie. She doesn't even sing the same way because she's projecting in the Broadway. So she's capable of different things. This is a character. And Mrs. Livingston's character also has a lot of tonal range. It's subtle, but there's a lot of tonal range.
1: We'll talk some more about Miyoshi Yumeki. And the courtship of Eddie's father. Will we continue our DVD report with Greg Airbar when we come back on TV Confidential? Become an advertiser or underwriter of TV Confidential and let our brand help promote your brand. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com/advertise. Ed Robertson, author friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who understand has new book out.
2: Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series a set against the background of working actors.
1: Something that you know a little a thing or two well, about. Well, you
2: write what you know, and I have been working in the business for several years.
1: It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure,
2: many of the experiences that the actors in my book have. Many have happened to me, many have happened to friends of mine. It's not if you're looking for... Valley of the Dolls, it's not, it's grounded in reality. It
1: is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes. Called the Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle at fallagainseries.com. One more item. Our friends at Time Life invite you to celebrate happier times, good old-fashioned values, and small-town America with the release of the ultimate Mayberry collection, a three-volume, 14-DVD configuration of the very, very best of The Andy Griffith Show, Gomer Pyle, and Mayberry RFD that is now available exclusively at timelife.com. The Mayberry Collection includes 47 hours of family entertainment on 14 DVDs, including 64 episodes of The Andy Griffith Show, 24 episodes of Gomer Pyle USMC, and 16 episodes of Mayberry RFD, including the pilot episodes for all three shows, plus a free bonus CD, Andy Griffith Icon, plus a 36-page scrapbook, two colorize episodes of The Andy Griffith Show, the 1986 reunion movie, Return to Mayberry, and a whole lot more. That's the Mayberry Collection, the Mayberry Collection, available exclusively online at timelife.com.
0: Hi, this is Titus Welliver. You're listening to TV confidential
1: attention sports fans now you can watch every football
0: game you want all season long without leaving your home with dish for about 50 bucks a month free installation as soon as tomorrow but you gotta call all american dish
1: right now 800-296-1251 800-296-1251 800-296-1251 that's 800-296-1251 hi this is joyce bullison you're listening to tv confidential
2: tell you about my best friend he's a warm-hearted person who loved me
1: till the end of Roberts and along Greg air bars we continue our look at the courtship of eddie's father, father the fondly remembered sitcom starring bill bixby and brandon cruz all three seasons of the courtship of eddie's father are available on dvd through our friends at the warner brothers archive before we went to break Greg was talking about the performance of Miyoshi Umeki, Miyoshi Umeki, who played Mrs. Livingston on The Courtship of Eddie's Father. I have not watched The Courtship of Eddie's Father in probably 30 years. But as I remember, there were a couple of times when they explored Mrs. Livingston's backstory, and there was a lot of sadness that she didn't get to show a lot because her job, besides taking care of the house, was also helping Tom Corbett raise Eddie.
0: Yeah, and there are moments of, are they going to get together? Well, no, they're not. And there's also a strange reference to her name is Livingston. Did she marry a – because there's an episode with some fairly bigoted people that say, oh, you married an American. No, he was Japanese, but his name was Livingston. That's sort of reference, and I thought, well, that was kind of interesting. So we don't really know a whole lot about her past. She doesn't really talk that much about it.
1: Except I think she's a widow. She is a widow. So, there's, yeah. so there is loss and sadness that she had to deal with, and I think once in a while Eddie asked about Mr. Livingston.
0: And sometimes she does leave if things get to be to the point where they may be difficult for her to deal with or Eddie to deal with. There was one where he felt too much like she was too much of a mother, and that— put a pressure on her that wasn't appropriate because that was not what she was supposed to be. And he had to find a wife and she left. Yeah. So, th- but she came back. Well, it was, it was a 30 minute sitcom Yes. and that's what happened. She had to come back. But the, the dynamic of that was explored. This is an interesting program because it's 1969, 70, 71. And so it is a area where television is changing and so it isn't really family affair.
1: As I recall, there was no laugh track. Yes, there was.
0: Okay, there was. I but, was but wrong. It, but,
1: <laughs> but the laugh track was
0: very subtle.
1: Yeah, it was not your standard screen gems. No laugh track. No, it, there was not a lot of sweetening, as I recall. In no, in the it was it was
0: gentle. Yeah, the whole show had a gentleness to it overall.
1: That's why I don't remember it having a laugh track
0: there was a gentleness to it and there was also a bit of sophistication that perhaps a don federson show like family affair to roam with love one of those would not necessarily have you know it had dad what is a woman's liber? you know what does that mean that kind of thing they were starting to step their toe into those things and so there was a, a touch of sophistication because it was like the partridge family It was not quite the same Screen Gem show as the earlier shows. And so it showed that you could do that kind of thing and still do a very family-friendly, nice show in the same way with an enormous amount of warmth without it being cloying. It rarely, if ever, that I recall, got sappy. And then it was a very, very warm, sweet show.
1: Brandon Cruz went on to become a very successful musician independent you would call him an alt punk musician but yeah, he, he yeah. definitely has a following uh we mentioned bill bixby's dual career as an actor and director we should mention james comac who was the showrunner of the courtship of viddy's father plus he had a recurring role as norman and he was like the wacky well he was the wacky creative yeah it, from my experience he was the creative guy yeah so he was the photographer
0: slash he would write stories as well and then you had Tina, so, the administrative assistant, yeah. and Tina was Christina Holland, who was the voice of the daughter on Wait Till so Your the Father, father gets, gets Home and many other Hanna-Barbera yeah. cartoons. Tina Rickles, I always wondered, is, is that a nod to Don Rickles? She was a wonderfully oddball character, also interesting. They were all very interesting, fun characters, and they all knew Eddie. They all kind of knew each other. They all had nice relationships together. Well,
1: sometimes Tom would bring Eddie yeah. to the office.
0: yeah. It was a very '70s show. Yeah, I think as it went on, I don't know how much they could have sustained it. I read that Bill Bixby wasn't thrilled that Norman's character was getting a little bit too prevalent in the series. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. There may have been issues behind the camera because I know the reputation of Colmack is that he's kind of he was kind of a nut. So who knows what the deal
1: is there? But the success of the courtship of Eddie's father made possible for James Colmack to get. Chico on the Man on NBC about a year later.
0: Oh yeah, he he had gone. He went on to much bigger, and then Cotter after that. And and, 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 this, yeah.
1: and welcome back Cotter.
0: Yeah, and and what's also interesting about this show are the guest stars. You know, you've got Sally Struthers right before All on the, the family, family in one episode. You've got uh, again Suzanne Pleshette as a guest, and uh, Pat Harrington, Sammy Davis Jr., Gordon Cooper, astronaut Gordon Cooper. He writes a letter to him, and he comes over. And then Eddie doesn't want Gordon Cooper to be annoyed by the press and by publicity, so all his friends get mad, and they get mad at his dad, which is kind of interesting. Still in Mira, or in two of them. So it's a lot Jody of them. Jodie Foster had a recurring role. She did, and, and Aaron Moran was Emily Ruth Gustafson, who we talked a lot about. So it brought back a lot of memories of those days. I wish the Nielsen music had sustained a little longer that that didn't last through I mean a, a song did, but the
1: well around that time, he scored a movie called "The Point." Uh, yes, which, which originally aired on ABC, but it was a very popular movie of the week. And then it had a nice uh, home entertainment life. And there was also a soundtrack. Yes, uh, that came out, which I think I have on a cassette tape.
0: They call it the first animated TV movie. It yeah. wasn't the first special, but the first animated TV movie. Yeah, he did the score. Me and my arrow became kind of a hit from that. Mm-hmm. Um I think the original narrator was Dustin Hoffman.
1: Right, and I think Ringo did it.
0: Yeah, and then an actor named Alan Barsman also recorded the the narration. That became kind of a cult classic as well. And that was just when this had gone off, so we had a pretty good relationship with ABC. And
1: then prior to that... As Chuck Harder noted when you visited us a few months back, uh, Harry Nielsen wrote a couple of songs for Head
0: starring the monkeys in- And he wrote Cuddly Toy for them, which was on the TV show. He also wrote a What Were They Thinking movie, score Could Do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of thing where you watch it only because you want to have said, "You, I can't believe I watched this. I can't believe who's in it. But the interesting thing about Skidoo, and you can A go— A lot into, of people yes, were in and, it, yeah. It's filled with stars who— Jackie
1: Gleason, Groucho Marx. Yes.
0: Carol Caesar Channing. Romero, Carol Channing, Frankie Avalon. Skidu, it's kind of like Beware the Blob. But worse. <laughs> <laughs> and it's directed by comedy great Otto Preminger. Yes. You know, if when you think of comedy— Yes. Well, the end of Skidoo was actually clever because Harry Nilsson sang all the end credits. And if you go on to YouTube and just go to Skidoo credits. end credits, I'll, I'll do that. that way you don't have to watch Skidoo. Okay, I'll do that. He, he sings everything. He even sings like the legal part. It's really cool.
1: No animals will hurt. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Catering. But today, I don't think he'd make it because it'd be like catering and special thanks. No, to Today, the,
1: the movie and I usually stay for the credits because to me, when you watch the credits, it's the final step of your movie going experience. And depending on what kind of movie it is, the, the credits let you decompress before you go back into the the real world. But today, the credits often go about five minutes because they're yes, it, they list everybody. Yes. You know,
0: so. Oh, and one little other trivia thing is the, the song, People Let Me Tell You About My Best Friend, that actually is a reworking of a song that he had released earlier called My Girlfriend.
1: Well, it, it shows
0: Harry Nilsson was a very shrewd guy. Yes, he had a box of songs.
1: And that, that he would repurpose when he had a new vehicle. Because he,
0: he did not put theme song on vinyl. I mean, there is no real vinyl release of this in full stereo or anything like there's no eddie's father soundtrack album so right if
1: you, you want to hear best friend you have to pick up seasons one two and three or at least one of them it's season one season two or season three uh the courtship of eddie's father available through the warner archive and it doesn't look like there are any extras no, to but speak of, i do but- want to
0: point out that the theme song sounds more crystal clear on these dvds than i have ever heard it on, because there are a few albums that have a pickup of it from other sources, and it sounds real fuzzy. It sounds gorgeous All the more,
1: re- all on the here. more reason to, to pick up, at least sample, either season one, season two, or season three of The Courtship of Eddie's Father, available on DVD through our friends at the Warder Archive Collection. You can read Greg Airbar's animation spin column twice a month at cartoonresearch.com. For more information on Greg, Greg com. we'll take a quick time out, and we'll be back with more TV Confidential. Right after this,
2: if you haven't been listening to TV Confidential, this is who you're missing: Connie Stevens, Don Wells,
1: Eric Braden,
2: Tony Camillo,
1: Jansen Williams, Don Most, Droy Thinnes, Peter Barshel,
2: Sherry Alberoni,
1: George Loder, Dan Casalunetta, Taylor Hicks, Lindsey Wagner, Loretta
2: Sweat, and many, many more of your favorite celebrities and people behind the scenes in the world of television. That's TV Confidential, every week on this station and every day online at televisionconfidential.com. Become a TV Confidential confidant and receive unlimited access to the last five years of TV Confidential, plus
1: other members-only content. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com join. We're Biffle, Biffle and, and Schuster. How do you do? do. That's right, folks. We've we're Biffle and Schuster. We want to tell you about this amazing misadventures you. of Biffle, and Schuster. And, Lover, and, Biffle and,
0: Schuster? That, and Schuster. It's a DVD from Keto Lover, and you're going to love it. We're Biffle and Schuster. It's terrific.
1: Yeah, you know what uh, Joe Dante says about them? What did he say? He says, forehead slapping funny. What impresses is the dogged authenticity to the era, which makes it all the
2: more hilarious.
0: Absolutely. Accent on the high. We're Biffle, Biffle and, and Schuster, Schuster. As, as you and can see, see, no one, one else can make, make that statement louder than we. They say, say we're, we're soporific, and it's probably we. Likely
2: we. Likely <laughs> because we're
0: Biffle, Biffle and Schuster.
1: Oh, we're Biffle and Schuster. No, no, we're Biffle and Schuster.
2: B i f f l Biffle, s h w s Biffle and Biffle. Biffle. Schuster. Need we say more?
1: Available wherever DVDs are sold through our friends at Kino Lorber.
0: All right, you loafers, get back to work. What am I paying you for? Why is he yelling at his shoes?
2: Hi, this is Constance Towers, and welcome to TV Confidential. Alexa users, you can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how, go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa.
1: This portion of TV Confidential is sponsored by Uber. Enter the promo code TV Confidential, all one word, when you download the app at get.uber.com slash go slash TV Confidential, and you'll receive a free first ride up to $20. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk.com.